Good evening, everybody. Welcome into the Nittany Lions Sports Report. It is live here on Bob Long Sports. Bob Long, along with me on Zoom, is Tyler Gellhouse. And if you're listening online, uh, well, I guess where we are doesn't matter. But if you're watching on video, <laughs> we're here on Zoom. And Tyler, we have a couple of weeks of Penn State football to talk about. One was a win, one was a loss. But my goodness, the days of Illinois and scoring 10 points in regulation against one of the worst teams in the Power Five, I sure like to think, for Penn State fans' sake, might be behind this Nittany Lions team. A nice solid win against Maryland. Some things we can talk about and some improvements to be made. But an impressive performance against, against Ohio State. Other than the loss to, uh, to uh, Oregon, certainly the best performance that any team had had against the Buckeyes, but mm -hmm. we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some of the variables and reasons why we feel the way we do against Penn State. And Tyler, I'll turn it over to you. Well, I mean, it was, it was finally good to get a win. That three-game losing streak um, for a while there felt like it could extend to four. Um, Penn State had some timely turnovers, um, some big plays, from Jahan Dotson, uh, I think, what, three touchdowns he scored. Um, so, but for a while, Maryland Maryland had their chances. Um, but, you know, Penn State was able to capitalize off the turnovers and convert the big plays. And ultimately, w winning by 17, I think it was um, a good win that hopefully they can carry over next week into, uh, into Michigan. Obviously, a top-10 team coming into Beaver Stadium. Um, Penn State season isn't over. Championship aspirations, yes. But they still have a couple tough teams um, with Michigan and Michigan State still left on the schedule. A lot to play for still. A lot to play for. Um, additionally, John Dotson, maybe the best wide receiver in college football, set the record for Penn State receiving yards in a game and puts himself in a position to be a hot commodity at the end of this year from a NFL draft and football career perspective. Yeah. He, uh, enjoy him while we have him here for the next couple games, because, you know, we said that about Saquon Barkley and, and the same is true for Jahan Dotson. They just, you don't see many of these guys, um, that can just take over a game at their position like those two have done. Um, but Jahan Dotson, man, I, I knew that he was good. I think we all knew he was good. I didn't know that he was this good. Um, and he keeps surprising me with his speed, his route running. He catches everything thrown at him. Um, there's going to be a very happy NFL team that I think gets him uh, in, in the late, mid to late first round. And um, I think he's going to be one of those guys that just has a long career just making plays. Um, and like I said, enjoy him while he's here. And, and we're going to have to start thinking about how we're going to replace him because that's the kind of production. It's not going to be one person. It's got to be a group of players next year <clears throat> replacing the productivity that, that Dotson has brought to the offense these last two seasons. Well, when you think about Dotson, you think about this team, in some ways, what could have been Tyler – Sean Clifford being hurt was the obviously the, the, the nail in the coffin for the entire season. The win against Iowa, 
right? Certainly they would have beaten Iowa. Uh, without him playing, they lose. Mm-hmm. Illinois, Sean Clifford, 50% at best. Without him at 100%, they lose. And, and even then, that game was inexcusable. But yeah, what besides Sean Clifford suffered? Well, the play of the best receiver in college football, right? When it's either Taquan Roberson unable to get the snap off at Iowa or Sean Clifford unable to move in the pocket, unable to take off running in Illinois, able to commit more in the secondary because, hey, if Sean Clifford's not able to move and Penn State can't run the ball against our front four, great. We're going to drop exactly. guys back and, and force a quarterback that, one, isn't 100%, two, can't move, to throw the ball into even tighter windows when he's naturally not going to be as mechanically sound and thereby accurate. So when you say Sean Clifford wasn't 100% in the past – the guy that suffered maybe the most in those games is Jahan Dotson and his performance against Ohio state and Maryland, I think serves as as good an example as you can find as to that. Yeah. I mean, Iowa and uh, Illinois were Dotson's worst statistical games of, of the season. And as you said, look at, look at the quarterback situation in those two games. And that pretty much that explains it all. Um, and I know Ohio state was you know going on two weeks ago, but, Dotson made incredible plays in that game and, you know, and, and a healthier Sean Clifford, let's not forget Penn state was really in that game all the way up until the end. Um, they had their opportunities. A couple of calls didn't go their way. Um, you know, but, but they were in that game. That was a very winnable game and large part due to Clifford and Dotson um, <laughs> because, Without Clifford, you really don't have have a Dotson, and um, thank God they were able to play, and 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 we saw him, you know, put on a show again on Saturday against Maryland, and hopefully we see an effort like that again this week um, if they have any plans on beating Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll say this once and move on, but had those two games gone their way, and they lose a nine point game to Ohio State in it to the end. You yeah. could have a situation where this, this weekend matters and you get two more top 10 wins and you're sitting there at the end of the year at 11 and one hoping. Um, but nonetheless, that's not the reality that we find ourselves yeah, in. Kim, for fun, for fun. If it, it, Let's say Sean Clifford never, never got hurt, injured at Iowa. I think it's safe to say Penn State wins that game probably rather comfortably at Iowa. Um, regardless, a win is a win. And let's face it, Iowa hasn't looked – anything have actually really fallen off the face of the earth um, since that game. Uh, But if you think about it like that, that, okay, Penn State would have beaten Iowa. They would have beaten Illinois. Um, They still lost to Ohio State the same way they did. Where do you think Penn State is right now in the rankings um, that I think probably just came out um, a couple minutes ago. Yeah. But, you know, I really wonder. I'm, I'm guessing they're right up there with Michigan. It could have been a seven-verse-eight type of game, I would think. Sure. Um, and it just makes you – you know, it, it's up. It's upset, I guess. It's unfortunate to think about that, you know, as we always said, this, this team will go as far as Clifford can take them. And here we thought that he would be the one holding them back. But he was he was the one that – they were relying on him um, because without him, they were nothing. I got to tell you, I think they'd probably be ranked ahead of Michigan right now. Did, did they just come out, Bob, the rankings? Uh, or are you looking I'm at thinking, the uh... 
No, that you know what? It's not from this. Okay, because week, yeah, and, and not to go on a rankings um, tangent here, but something that does bother me, and I, I wonder. Look, I know the rankings, college football playoff for Penn State this year really doesn't matter because they already have three losses. You know, they there's no shot. Okay, but the fact that Wisconsin and Auburn have the same records and, and are above Penn state in the rankings. Um, that's kind of crazy to me a little bit because Penn state beat both of them. Auburn. I, I can maybe live with that. Um, based off of their, their resume a little bit, but Wisconsin, I mean, it, that's just crazy to me. And I know it really doesn't matter in the big picture, but I mean, this is a team in Wisconsin. So bad for the first half of the season, got blown out by Notre Dame, got blown out by Michigan, Penn State beat them, and here they are ahead of Penn State in the rankings. It just didn't make sense to me. I think what it comes down to is there's three straight losses for Penn State. And that Illinois loss is as bad as it gets. Just ask Minnesota. Sure. They, they just lost to them uh, in the same type of ball game, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day – it, it doesn't really matter, but I right. But I mean, Penn State didn't win a game in the month of October. Well, they beat Indiana, but that was it. Was that the second October second? Well, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. Iowa was the ninth. Okay, they won one game in October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's when, like, yeah, I, of course. But at the same time, they also beat Wisconsin, same, same record type of deal that, I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's all. And sure. I know it really doesn't matter. It's just like, I'm just trying to understand it, but it's college football playoff committee. They're hard to under, they're hard to follow. Uh, yeah. Listen, if there's one thing you want to take umbrage with, it's Cincinnati being yeah. ranked at number six last week. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Why, is, why is Ohio state any, better qualified than them so far this year well that's a good question um and unfortunately we'll never probably have have the uh have the answer but i think cincinnati's still gonna have a chance um looking at ohio state now other teams will yeah because ohio state ohio state let's not forget i mean oregon as you said earlier beat them this year oregon if they both finish Oregon and Ohio State with the same record, both conference champions, you would think that they would put Oregon in over or ranked higher than Ohio State. Now, Ohio State still has a couple tough games. They still have they have Purdue this week. They have Michigan State, and then they have to go to Michigan still. So, yeah. and and I think out of all those games, I think the Big Ten championship potentially could be the easiest one of them all. Um, so, but still, they have four relatively tough games coming up. And I think there could be a loss in there that could shake some things up. Um, but we'll see. Unfortunately, like I said, Penn State going to be on the outside looking in once again. Uh, maybe one of these years we'll get, get past that hump. Let's switch gears here, Tyler. Let's talk about Penn State and, and the future. From a recruiting standpoint, Class of 2022 has been heralded as James Franklin's best class. And it certainly is. 
spent a lot of time as the number one recruited class, uh, rated recruiting recruiting class in the country. Uh, tough to say, even tougher to do. Drew Aller in Ohio, spiking up the rankings. And now the top rated quarterback in the country. Nick Singleton, top rated running back in the country. You have another big time quarterback in both Beulah, who just might lead Central York to a state title appearance on the western side of the state there, on the western side of the bracket. Let's talk about those three guys. What they bring, I would call them the linchpins of this recruiting class. And yes, both of those quarterbacks I'd throw as the linchpins of that recruiting class. What do you see when you look at this class of 2022 class? Well, first of all, when I think about the 2022 class, I hope that we can hold this, we, Penn State can hold this together um, through signing day, early signing days coming up in December. Obviously, we've continued to hear rumors about James Franklin leaving LSU, USC. I think those rumors have kind of quieted down here, but you just, you never know. So, um, oh, can I have one comment there before we move on? James yeah. Franklin has his weekly radio show in state college and takes questions from fans and i think it was the week before last maybe it was last week now a fan asked james about probably in that pittsburgh ad you know hey mike Pomlin said he turned the job down right away you know why can't you say it like that that's a horrible pittsburgh accent by the way <laughs> yins and james gave arguably his most thoughtful and revealing response on the issue, basically saying that this is an issue he doesn't like. He hopes to have this uncertainty alleviated shortly. And basically that the ball is in someone else's court. He's sort of said that after practice one time in a media scrum, but that was the most revealing answer he's had. And so what does that tell you? tells me all conjecture tells me that he wants to say stay that he's having conversations with Sandy Barber and that they're trying to work out an extension, most likely something that creates more revenue for his assistance, right? A bonus pool for assistance as well as additional upgrades to the lash building and related football facility. Right. Sounds like, Again, that sounded like the most uh, positive answer we've heard yet. Yeah, I mean, I I think you're probably right. Um, you know, I've kind of been whatever about Franklin, uh, but I mean, the man can recruit, and college football, a big part of the game is recruiting. And you know, say what you want about the on-field stuff. I know it. You know, losing to Illinois, all that, but. You, you, when you have a class headlined by those three guys um, and really headlined by Drew Aller and, and uh, Nick Singleton, it would, really, it would really stink to have Franklin leave and not be able to retain those guys in your class because Drew Aller, at the very least, I believe is a program changer at the quarterback position, um, one that Penn State fans – coaches have waited for a while now um listen trace mcsorley since, since christian hackenberg 
Right, right. I mean, you just you got to be careful. Yeah, I know they're quarterbacks, but yeah, nobody but, nobody had any concerns about Hackenberg coming in either. Right, but un, under James Franklin recruiting, um, Trace McStorley and and Clifford have been the two the two biggest hits at the position. Um, there's been a lot of misses, and that's going to happen um, at that position because there's only one quarterback. Um, but this. I'm telling you, Drew Drew Aller. I mean, they're hyping him up to be to be the guy um, that could potentially get Penn State over the hump, and you put him in the same backfield potentially for three years. And I say three years because I believe Drew Aller and Nick Singleton are that good, that talented that everything goes their way. They stay healthy, they play to their potential. They're probably leaving college early here we are in 2021 talking about this in three years or so they could be out the door looking at first round potential draft picks and um i just think it's a very exciting duo to have as your quarterback and running back potentially combo for the next couple of years um, okay my yeah. response slow down Three years and first two first round draft picks. No, quarterback well, and a running back. No, I, I, nowadays if you get picked in the second round or even the third round as a running back, you're leaving early. Sure. So, we're, we're what I'm trying to say is there's a good chance that these guys are playing early. They're gonna they're gonna be three years three years and out. I mean, even Miles Sanders mm-hmm. was three. I and hear out. you. And I he only you. started for one year. Who's to say that Drew Aller wins the job over Bo Prevula? Um, I'll say it. <laughs> if you want to put me on the record. Um, no, they're both enrolling early, which is really Arnie, good. Arnie, Arnie thinks so as well, my dog. I, don't know if you I, I, agree, with, I agree with Arnie. Aller! Uh, Aller! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I will, I will, they're both enrolling early, Bob which is huge in January because we're still not sure what Sean Clifford's going to do. Now here's how I interpret the, if, if Sean Clifford leaves to go to the NFL and chases NFL aspirate, I, I think we're kind of all out and correct me if I'm wrong on take on Roberson. I think. Yep. Okay. The writing's on the wall there. So that would leave you with Christian. Veyer, Veyu, however, the, whatever the Canadian pronunciation is, Drew Aller, Bo Prabula, and I think they would still test the waters in the transfer market for a um, for an older guy in this case, um, a fifth year senior, whatever it may be, just because you'd be going into the season with potentially three quarterbacks on scholarship, all of them having freshman eligibility, which is kind of just a dangerous situation to be in. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if they tested the waters there. A lot of it obviously has to do with Clifford and his decision. But I think one thing is important to know and can't be um, stated enough is both Perbula and Aller will be there starting in January yeah. to give, give them a head start. I do think Drew Aller has the, the – um, the leg up to get on the field earlier, um, probably be the starter before Pibula. But look, you never know. I mean, 
and and also you got to factor in injuries. If if he goes down and Pabula comes in and lights it up, you know what? You just you just never know. And obviously we're talking in the future here. Um, I just wouldn't discount the kids from Central York. I am by no means doing that. I just think that from a day one come in and be ready day one. I think Drew yeah. Aller in a better position for immediate success. I think, I think in a perfect world, Bob, you go three years of Aller, ship him to the NFL, and then you have Prabula for two if he wants to hang around and redshirt and, and maybe be a, a, um, a senior and a redshirt senior starter. Who knows? You never know. what the Or he could play for. He could play safety for a couple of years. He could and then jump back over. He, he is that athletic. <laughs> He, he he is athletic enough to be a safety at this level, I believe. Yeah. Just remember this conversation because I, I think they come in on absolutely the same ground. I just mm-hmm. think that's the way James is running the program. I don't think so, he gets both of those kids if it's not the case. And I think that there is some possibility, a reasonable one, that Perbula comes in and impresses. And the arm may not be the same. How many times are you making that throw? I Perbula agree. Has, has better legs. Perbula, you know, listen, they both had tremendous seasons, senior seasons. Nobody can play better than either of those two guys. Right. I just – I think that Perbula and Oliver could be neck and neck for a here's long time. A, here's the $1,000 question. I'll, gi- I'll, give you, I'll give you multiple choice, okay? Okay, for $1,000. Just, like, just like the SAT. Penn State begins the season at Purdue – 2022, your starting quarterback is A, Sean Clifford, B, Drew Aller, C, Bo Prabula, D, Christian Veyer, or E, none of the above. Sean Clifford. Okay, so you're going with Clifford coming back. Yeah, I mean, if you had to, if you're saying right this instant, yeah. Now, that's you mentioned about Sean Clifford deciding. And I know you know this, but for the benefit of the audience, it, it's a two-way street. Penn State has to decide that they want him back. It, it absolutely is. And I, I, I personally think Penn State would want him back because um, you, you hear the term bridge the gap. Um, sure. You know, and I think in a perfect world, that's what you'd be doing. Now, it could get a little funny if – wow, Drew Aller is better than Sean Clifford. We wanted him to come back, and now we're going to bench the six-year senior with NFL aspirations. You know, it's, it's, it's not a position I'd want to be in, but I'm also not making $5 million a year. So, um, yeah. But it, it's, it's a difficult situation. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how the quarterback room pans out next year. I'm even more interested, interested to see how the running back room pans out next year. Um, now – I know that I'm a realist and maybe a pessimist. I don't know. I'll let you and the audience decide. But, you know, Tyler, we talked about these guys and the expert told Penn State fans what to think about these guys, right? The relative experts of the different scouting agencies. And that's where we get a lot of our information from as well. What is the difference between Drew Aller and Christian Hackenberg? And I'm not saying like they're physical, but like, from a standpoint of where they were thought of nationally. Well, remember how excited we were about Noah Kane and even his freshman year. Yeah. Right. Where he came from IMG. 
Remember how Let's excited see, we were about I, Ricky Slate? What are the, the diff? What's the difference between Drew Aller, Nick Singleton, and those guys? Other than they're somewhat of a mystery, and we're going off high school tape. And these guys are we proven what they can do at the college level. I think what's interesting about Drew Aller is this time last year he was a three-star prospect. Yeah, and he was not. I never even heard the name. I mean, Penn State had Bo Perbula on board um, under Kirk Sharaka. Mike Yurcich comes in. He's starting to target his own quarterbacks, and he goes – he was one of the first quarterbacks he targeted. Yeah. Three-star three star quarterback from Ohio, Drew Aller. And you're like, eh, okay. I mean, three-star, that's, that's good, but that's not really what we're looking for. Then all of a sudden, he's, you know – his stock just keeps rising, and now he's the number one quarterback in the country. Um, look, a lot of recruiting, as good as those guys are, the experts, they're they're wrong a lot, too, for different reasons. Um, now really with, freaking hard to project. Yeah, and, and, and the Christian Hackenberg, I mean, let's not forget how good he did look under uh, Bill O'Brien. Um, sure. You know, and, and who knows – with the coaches that came in with James Franklin, John Donovan, who just got fired from Washington the other day. Charlie um, Fisher, right? Was that that time frame as well? He may have been. I think he was, Fisher was under O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, look, I mean, you never know. You never know what goes into that part of it. Uh, but no, I mean, there's there's busts all the time. But a lot of times, these guys hit further projection, and I mean, that's kind of what. Penn State's counting on because, like I said, I think Drew Aller and Nick Singleton could be an incredible running back quarterback combination. And I'm not here. I'm not here telling you it's going to be Trevor Lawrence and Tra- Travis Etienne at Clemson, but that's the kind of backfield that I think it, it could resemble when you have two guys that are the same year or whatever start one year apart, but starting a ton of games together for a lot it. of years. I get it. I get it. You know, so that's kind of what I'm getting at and what I'm hoping for, but that's obviously the dream scenario. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they've maybe not had the top quarterback. They definitely haven't ever had the top quarterback, but they've had some of the best running backs in the country. And, and you know what? Saquon delivered. And he wasn't that's- even – by the way, yeah. he wasn't that guy in high no. school. No, Sanders was, and he turned out to be, and that's great. He was the number one running back coming out, but uh, I, I just there's Listen. been enough guys that haven't made it. That if I, you're telling me it's these two guys, I'll say maybe, maybe you're right. It's just yeah. things happen. I I totally agree with you. I mean, I think I think the running back recruiting has been awesome under Jaywan Sider. The problem Absolutely. has been. The problem has been production. Um, and, I mean, you look at it, you look at some of the – it's funny. Out of all all the running backs that Penn State has had – I'll even go before Jaywan Sider a little bit um, to um, Charles, uh, Charles Huff, um, Barkley. But the best running backs weren't the guys from Florida. They were the guys right from Pennsylvania. It was – Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Journey Brown, um, and no knock on the guys from Florida that Jawan Sider has been getting the guys like 
Noah Kane, Kevon Lee, Keziah Holmes, who we still haven't really seen. Um, they, they've all been big-time recruits, mm-hmm. but it's been, been the homegrown boys that have been getting getting the work done. And, you know, it, it's just kind of – I don't know what's going on with the running backs because we have, you know, four, five, four-star or better guys back there, and – we just can't we we can't get anything going all year on the ground, right? I mean, you know we we've talked about Noah Kane's recovering from injury. I mean, he has not looked like the same back since his freshman year, and um, you know John Lovett. We really haven't seen much of him this year. The transfer from Baylor, we're not going to see him next year. It's his last year eligibility. Uh, Devin Ford. You know, I think he is what he is at this point. Keziah Holmes, red sh- it feels like he's red-shirting again this year. Um, mm-hmm. I think Kevon Lee's been the best running back. and I think I, you're right about that. Yeah, and, and you know, but for a big dude, he hasn't even been running as hard as we've seen him run in the past, uh, as in last year. I just – I don't know what it is with the running back room. I just know there's going to be a shakeup because you have – not only Nicholas Singleton coming in, but you have Katron Allen from IMG, the same school as Noah Kane, um, AJ Hamler, um, some other guys, but there's going to be a shakeup because you're not going to have, you know, six scholarship running backs next year with those two coming in Ford Holmes, Kane and Lee love. It's going to be gone. You, you're really only looking at, you're going to have four. So I think there's, you might have five, but I think there's at least one and probably two total that that elect not to come back that have eligibility. And I don't know who they're sure. going to be, whether it's transfers. I can't imagine it being to go to the pros. I mean, I know Noah Kane has always been three three years and wanted to go to the pros, but that's uh, – I don't think so for him right now. So it'll be interesting because I think Nick Singleton can come in and flip that room upside down and provide a spark. Could be. Could be. Should be very, very interesting. Um, maybe on a, on a future show we can talk about the defensive guys because there are three guys, Ken Talley, Keon Wiley, and Abdul Carter, that have the chance to be edge rushers at an extremely high level. And that, I believe, is, is what drives the defense at this college level to the next level. Look at those Ohio State teams with Bosa yeah. and Chase Young. And I don't know if those, think- these guys are that, but – there's a lot on the defensive side of the ball that we can dig into yes. in a show as well. Yeah, and um, you know, I know your buddy Bruce Badgley loves Nicholas Singleton um, out yeah. there in Berks County. He does. So, yeah, and and um, from everything I've heard, I've never seen him play in person, but um, he is the real deal. The national scouts absolutely love him. Um, and Let's, we're. Uh, Let's give Sports Stream Premium Network, where we're being housed this year by Bruce, a shout out. Bruce is calling the District Three. I don't know if it's the title game yet, but a District Three playoff game between Burks Catholic and is it Cocalico maybe? But you can watch okay. that game. Uh, he's going to ask you to donate, or there's a free code, but the, all the money goes to support the schools. So if you're looking for something to watch on Friday, that's you, Tyler, or anybody watching the show. Go check that out on the SportsStream Premium Network. Go watch Nicholas Singleton. Yeah, um, 
and I'm, I'm like I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing him these next couple of years um, in the Penn State backfield because they're they're lacking that that do it all running back that we you know we had with with Barkley Sanders Journey Brown. I just it'll be a nice change up from the from the power guys that we've been seeing now. Um, so hopefully hopefully that Allar the Allar Singleton uh, campaign can get started pretty soon here. Hopefully so. Hey, before we get out of here, we should talk a little bit about Michigan Penn State. I, I get that there's no college football playoff on the line, but not for Penn State, game. at least, but maybe for Michigan. I get, eh, yeah, no, no chance. But I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if they win out, I mean, yeah, yeah, they won't. But I know, yeah. probably not. But if they do, sure. Then it, if they do, then sure. And God and God, I hope they don't because I hope they lose on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the first ever helmet out or whatever the hell they're calling it. How stupid is that? <laughs> uh, I mean, and they announced it after losing three in a row. It just go to the game at this point. I mean, I don't, I, I, I I'm all for school spirit, but Penn state does a great just do job. Another with, one. Do another, why, yeah. why do we need one blue stripe through the center well, I think of the state? Cute. I think they're trying to get cute. I mean, they did the stripe out. They do the white out. Um, look, I, I think it's just something that they want to try, but I just – I don't understand it. Um, I, I, other than that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of time for ideas. I just want to win. Just, just, just win the game. There, were a lot of, there was a lot of time for ideas to breed and fester over the 16 months of – COVID and yeah. last year being no fans in the stands. What if we did a helmet out? <laughs> oh, How that's a that? great idea, Billy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still. yeah exactly. Uh, but no, listen, but, I, I think the Penn State, I don't, we're not doing formal picks of all the other games like we normally do, but I'm going to, it was pretty much straight up, right? It, yeah. it was a one point favorite to start the week. I'm going to go Penn State to win the game at home. Uh, I don't trust Michigan. There's nothing about that particular that, that team that particularly um, impresses me. That could be that could be cold, freezing cold takes. Uh, but you know, I think they're a good team. I don't think they're the number seven team in the country. I think Penn State is playing better. I think what this team has done a great job of doing. They haven't done well playing the game after a loss. We know that. Right. But they've done a good job after the fact of finding a way to salvage a season. Basically, when all their hopes and dreams for that year were crushed, they don't give up. They don't just go into a shell. I don't know what that's worth, but I think it's worth something. And this weekend, I think it results in a victory for Penn State. I do, too. I think Penn State's going to win, I'll call it 23-20. to Um <laughs> Field goal, maybe four points. I think that obviously being at home helps. I think the helmet out is going to be electric and is going to have a – that's worth a couple of points right there, the helmet. Uh, but, no, but, uh, I, 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 know, I know Penn State's, you know, got some banged-up players. You know, Mustafer, I'm sure Clifford still probably isn't 100%. And I'm sure there's some other guys with nagging injuries. It's November and Big Ten football. But I know Michigan's got guys banged up too. A um, couple of their receivers, a couple of their running backs. Uh, so 
you know, I think it's going to be a grinded out type of game. But I think that, again, John Dotson, I think you have to look to him to be the difference maker because one team has a player like that and the other doesn't. And I, I like Penn State's chances because they have Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I agree. I think Dotson is a huge game. I think Clifford has a big game. He's going to have to. I don't know that they find an answer at running back. But Penn State's defense is going to make life very difficult on Michigan. Could be a little bit of an ugly game, Tyler, but I think a couple of big plays in yeah. Jahan Dotson's favor is, is the difference. Yeah, I, I agree with you right there. I think, you know, field – field position, um, all, all that, all that stuff um, is going to come in, come into shape here. But look, I don't know. Well, I don't know what your score is, but I, I, I think Penn State by field goal. Um, did you give a score, Bob? Or I haven't yet. Yeah, let's let's call it thirty to twenty six. I don't know where it's yeah, it's going to be somewhere in that ballpark as well, obviously. So, um, and again, that's. That's good because then I think at a bare minimum for Penn State, I think you're looking at an eight and four season, um, you know, which after that three game losing streak doesn't look all, all that bad um, when you look at it that way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. It should be a nice weekend for at least an entertaining game. Um, we'll, for see. Sure. we'll see how it ends up. Maybe the team freed up a little bit here as well. Not, yeah. not as much pressure, but uh, yeah, I hope Penn State fans are sticking with this team because I think the performance at Maryland, while maybe it didn't totally inspire you, it ended up convincing enough. Jair Brown, great interception. I feel like that's been coming for him. He's deserved that. He's played great mm-hmm. as the second safety in the defensive secondary. And I think that the Ohio State game was in some ways inspiring especially with the three weeks that it preceded that. Yes. So folks, folks uh, have their thoughts about James Franklin and I get it, right. They haven't qualified for the college football playoff, but there's a lot of good things going on. A lot of high character individuals. Like I said, a lot of guys that, yeah, they shouldn't have lost Illinois and they shouldn't have lost a lot of these games over the years the week after they lost the first, I'm not sure if there's any causation or correlation or what have you, but what I can say is they find a way to finish these seasons strong. And like I mm-hmm. said, I think that's commendable. Um, and you know what? You have two top 10, top 15 matchups coming up in the next few weeks. So let's enjoy them. Let's see if Penn state can't go nine and three, make yeah. their way to a new year's six bowl game and, Turn the page to, like you said, the Drew Drew Aller Nick Singleton show next year. There you go. So that's that's what I got for tonight. Do we miss anything? Uh, I'm sure we did, but we covered <laughs> a lot too, so that's good. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the rest like, next week. If we can carve out some time to talk about those three defensive guys, and there are several others that we should hit on the on the recruiting, you know, defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. Yep, that sounds good to me. Cool. Hey, he's Tyler Gellhouse. I'm Bob Long saying so long here from the Nittany Lions Sports Report. Enjoy the football, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Same time, same place.
Dunphy Ford is Mayfair's neighborhood Ford store. Nobody knows your neighborhood like Dunphy Ford. Nearly 40 years. Right here on Frankfurt Avenue. Generation after generation, our neighbors continue to be our customers. We have access to the cars and trucks you want with financing you need. Dunphy Ford is Northeast Philly's first choice for America's number one brand. 7700 Frankfurt Avenue in Mayfair. Online at www.dumpyford.com. Come experience the Dumpy difference. You'll be glad you did.